Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga gaming episode. Today is the Invasion of Vogler, solo session from our Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen live play. It is Brock and New Cult the 28th. My name is Adam, and I would like to take a moment and thank the members of this channel and invite you to consider becoming a member by visiting the link in the description below and remind you that you have to pick up gaming materials, uh, Dragonlance gaming materials, by visiting the links in the description below as well. All right, today I'm being joined by Gabriel playing Finn. Gabriel, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. How about <laughs> Changing you? Changing backgrounds and all. I'm good. So yeah, do you want to Scott back? Do you want to introduce your uh, character uh, to the people who are going to be watching this? My character is Finn Berkel, a human ranger who prefers animals over people, as all good humans do. All right. So last time on Shadow of the Dragon Queen. As our heroes left Vogler in search of the mysterious meeting place where Graconis, the lieutenant of the Ironclad Regiment, who turned on the Vogler militia in the Battle of High Hill, was paid off from, Finn stayed behind to further assist the villagers recover and to scout the surrounding areas for intruders. So Becklin Uthviharin, the Salamnic Knight female who's sort of in charge of Vogler's security, who is right now, you know, sort of pulling her hair out along with uh, Mayor Ravenuth Vogler and... Uh, Becklin Uth, uh, I'm sorry, and, uh, oh, why can't I find her name? <laughs> captain Ridimir Cudgel Iron Smile, uh, the captain of the Ironclad Regiment. They're all trying to wrap their heads on what's going on. Um, Cudgel Iron Smile went back to her Ironclad Regiment uh, in order to find out if there's anyone still loyal to her at all. The rest of the heroes up and actually left town to go searching in the middle of the night to go find where... Uh, Graconis was uh, where he, and hopefully, who bribed him and ultimately turned the Ironclad Regiment against Vogler. You stayed behind. Uh, you were really busy helping everyone else. But then Beklanuth Viharin, that Salamic Knight, comes up to you and she asks you, Finn, may I ask you a, a favor, please? Of course. Well, what may I help with? Well, your friends, they, they've all just left now, and I was hoping that you could perhaps scout the surrounding areas, uh, just to make sure that there's no more of the uh, antagonizing uh, ironclad regiment members uh, in the woods or any other spies or, or dangerous persons nearby. Uh, we need to really lock down the Vogler area, and quite frankly, we have no one else capable of doing so at this moment except for you. Would you do this for me? Of course. Thank I you could get that much. done hopefully fairly easy. So just for clarity uh, for everyone watching here, if you're looking in roll 20 here, there's a whole forest system just north of Vogler. Again, Vogler is sort of this uh, promontory uh, sort of uh, pitched down into the Vingard River. And just north of it, you've got a lot of uh, hills, rough hills and surrounding terrain, but also little patches of forest. That's really where she's hoping that you're going to go and make sure that there's uh, no remnant bands of mercenaries or anything your biggest concern really at this point should be the fact that you're alone uh, if you get into any real trouble you're not really going to be able to stand by yourself against say five people for example uh, or any monsters that may <laughs> pop up so make sure that you're paying attention to your surroundings you're aware of what you're capable of and and the real inherent dangers that are uh, all around vogler at this moment um, but yeah, she, she asked you to go out, you agree, 
um, as soon as you get up into those that cliff side, and ultimately you're going to have to ride or, or just travel about you know a half an hour north of town to get on the other side of that cliff and climb up into uh, really this space right here. Uh, this forest area that's on top of the cliff to sort of check around and see what's available. Can I get a survival check from you or a wilderness check or something of that sort? Yep. Survival is a... That is a five. <laughs> you don't see any tracks. You're pretty confident that you're the only person up here. And this is about 10, 15 minutes of the time that you've been up here so far. It's very, very quiet. And again, it is nighttime. And so you're not hearing a lot of woods activity as you're sort of prowling around with that low of a score. You're hearing chipmunks warning other creatures in the area that there's someone nearby. Clearly, they're chattering about you. Um, but all the other creatures are, are sort of asleep at this point. You do note that there's an owl sitting you know, on a, the ledge of a, the canopy of a tree just looking down at you as you pass by completely aware of your presence just whoo whoo as you sort of pass underneath it scanning the area can i get another check from you yep survival yeah that is a seven wow you are really terribly to and you're using your bonuses yeah oh my goodness gracious this is gonna be a Five long plus game two. Uh... Okay, so you are completely unaware of any other type of creatures or tracks. Again, it's probably because it's night. And one thing that you've noticed is that when you were taking the time to come up to this uh, cliff forested area, the, the canopy of clouds overhead were completely obscuring both Lunatary and Solinary, the two moons that you can see above Kryn, um, one's silver and one's red glowing uh, respectively and all of the constellation of stars above it you can't see anything because of the cloud cover and as the wind is whipping up the the further into the evening you're out here in this cold isolated evening it's almost the cloud cover is almost buffering the sound that would normally sort of just be spread out so you feel really contained and really isolated into yourself the rain is coming down pretty sparsely, but you do notice it is breaking through the canopy from uh, moment to moment. So, you know, it, it is something substantial outside of the canopy of the tree line. But as you're wandering through the forest, you actually accidentally entirely stumble across this scene here. Again, it is nighttime here. So you stumble across this site of... It looks like two soldiers who, with these long spears, they look like the ironclad regiment defectors that you all fought back at High Hill. And there's this boar that's like backing up, like, like making a bunch of like really aggressive sounds, like it's being sort of trapped in a corner almost. And it's trying to fight off these two uh, humans that are just sort of leering toward it. You actually notice, actually, give me a perception check. Let me tell you what you, what you notice. Okie dokie. First good roll, 22. That's a really good roll. So you notice that this boar has already gored the leg of this northern guard here. And uh, this southern guard, he looks like he's sort of hurt as well. Uh, something around his thighs. He's limping a little bit as he's sort of lurching toward this boar with its spear out. And what do you do? 
Um, which one looks like they're limping more? Is it the northern one? With yeah, with your uh, perception roll, you notice that the ironclad defector number two here is significantly more wounded than one. Okay. I'm going to move my character 5, 10, 15. I'm assuming that's a little hill right there? Yeah, it's about 3, 4 feet higher than the plane of ground that they're on. Okay. And I'm going to shoot an arrow at that one. Okay, so because you had such a bad survival, you don't have surprise. They do notice that you're there. They're just paying attention to the wild animal in front of them. So let's do some initiative really quick here. Oh, okay. Um, what is your initiative? Plus four. Um, What's the total there? That is a 13. Get this guy on the board here. Okay, you had a 13. Yep, nice. yep. And what does our boar have for initiative? <laughs> what? 3.11. I don't even know what that means. 3.11. Right, so has 3.11. What is the goal? How do you get a point? I don't even, I'm not going to pretend to know. 10.12 for guard number one. That's awesome. And what about guard number two? What does he have? What are these points? <laughs> I've never seen that before. That's strange. I've never seen that either. Okay. So let me sort this um, descending. Okay. So the guard that, uh, the southernmost guard here, he looks over at you and calls out to his friend, there's a guy on the hill behind us. I'll take this. You go take care of him. And he sort of moves forward and lunges at the boar with his long spear. And he moves to attack with his spear here. He gets a 10 to hit. And that is not enough to get the boar. The boar is like moving side to side, almost hopping in its, you know, sort of snarls. It's like moving forward and making those, you know, crazy aggressive, like, <laughs> like weird. <laughs> Clearly that's not a big sound but whatever wild boars sound like it's doing that it's like a race car now i don't even know how to do a boar sound uh so that one is busy with the boar what do you do now it's your turn um since this one's still practice boar sounds since that one's still the more weakened one i'm gonna shoot an arrow at him okay so I rolled. Back, take a breath. I rolled a 17. Oh my gosh. That's a nice roll. And that is definitely enough to hit him. So you're he's turning to see you as an arrow just smacks him right in the side of the chest. What's your damage on that? Six. Where's my hit points here? So you actually see this guy drop down to the ground. As the arrow sticks right out of his chest and he just flops right on his back. Just, oh! It doesn't even really get a full cry out because it pierced into his lung and this is gurgling, sputtering sound sort of splats out of the, the hole that the arrow made into his chest. And his friend is sort of like screaming, what the hell? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, what's happening? Freaking out. Uh, do you have a movement you want to do or are you done? Um, I will move closer and I need to remember that is Skype and not roll 20. <laughs> yeah, that's a common problem. <laughs> 
5, 10, 15, 20. So you're going around or you're jumping down? 30. I'm jumping down. Okay. So you're moving through this forest terrain without any real issue. The rain is creating small little puddles, but it's nothing to sort of mess with your footing at all. Um, and now this boar is immediately going to sort of jump back on its haunches and launch forward at this uh, defector trying to uh, attack it here. Oh, that's initiative to run. Wrong roll. There, 14. So he moves forward to gore uh, the guard in front of him. The guard puts down the base of his spear and jumps back, and the boar's head hits that flat end of the spear and doesn't actually make it to the guard at all, though it does jar him a little bit. And the boar's just making those wee, wee, sounds like it's really a, like pissed off and aggressive, but it knows one of its tormentors is now gone, and so it's got this almost renewed vigor about it as it's uh, sort of trying to ram into this guy. Um, in response, he is actually going to like sort of sidestep around knowing that you're right uh, behind him in some way. And he's just sort of arcing in this sort of semicircle around the boar as it's spinning and trying to sort of defend against him. It moves its spear in to jab into this poor little creature. With an 11, it hits it. And he does. I, I wish there was a way to do a... Like... Like, roll damage with a hit. Um, so, I'm just going to do average damage for all of this. So, he does four damage to the boar. And you can see that the boar, oh, no. at Didn't this point, is hurt a bit. And he's sort of, like, turning and facing this guy. Just squealing. And, you know, that spear's, like, dug into him. Still sort of holding him down. As the guy's pinning him, he looks over at you. You can have half this boar! I don't know who the hell you are, but you just killed my friend! It's your turn. Seems like a personal issue! <laughs> as I knock it, knock an arrow and shoot it back at him. Or shoot it at him. I rolled a 21, 13 plus 8. Oh my gosh. A 21 is definitely a hit. Give me some damage. That is a 6 as well. Okay. So that does not drop this guy. He is not quite as hurt as that first uh, defector was. But you hit him and it like lands right in his chest and he's looking down. He's like, What is wrong with you? There's a wild animal right here. We can kill him together. I'll forget about this. Just, just help me kill this beast. Are you going to move or anything, or is that your turn? Um, do I have anything for bonus actions? I do not. Nope. That'll be it. Okay. So the boar is, like, backing up, you know, just a, a foot or two to sort of break the strength hold he has on uh, pressing down on him. And it moves back forward to uh, attempt to gore this guy here. And with an 11, it is not enough. He still has enough of a, a hold on the boar with his spear that he's keeping this poor boar, you know, a sort of a, a few feet away from him uh, with its violent, you know, almost death throws at this point. The boar does not look good and healthy, but it, it, it's still got that vigor of life trying to protect itself. Uh, as this guy pulls a spear out and then tries to ram it back in for a death blow, he's trying to finish this thing off. And an 18 definitely hits. The boar takes four more damage. And you can tell that this poor little boar... <laughs> little. This poor boar is hurt. 
It is like bleeding and wounded. You see it's sort of like staggering a little bit on its feet. It doesn't look very healthy at all. Uh, it's squealing and putting out tons and tons of sounds. And you're just now becoming aware of the cacophony of other wildlife that are sort of responding to the, the, the cries that this boar is, is pushing out of its body at this point. And, you know, the chipmunks are chittering, the, the owls are hooting. You can hear these other weird garbled sounds far off. You're not entirely sure what they're from. But it's like, you know, you were once so isolated in the silence of this forest a moment ago, and now it seems to have come alive with this, this violence and, and uh, the sadness of this experience uh, that you're sort of witnessing right now. Uh, it is your turn. Once again, I'm going to knock it's like, Stop! Stop hitting with your arrows! You don't need to do this! Just let me go! I'll, I'll let this stupid boar go! You're a defector, and I care more about the wildlife than your own life. And I rolled an 18 to hit. <laughs> you hit. <laughs> and you that is a 10. So you, it just... You tell me what happens. It was a death blow. Um... I'm going to aim square for his throat, square for his jugular. It, the only thing that you see of that arrow is the feathers at the end sticking out of his throat, and the rest of the arrow went straight through the back of his throat as he clearly is trying to scream or call out or something as eyes gloss over and just gurgling sounds, and you're seeing this little sputtering of blood and probably saliva jumping out of the back of his throat as he drops down to his knees. The boar like hits him right in the face with the 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 tusks and just goes pounding off into the foliage uh, after this guy drops down dead so you see the boar right before it disappears in trees on its turn turn to look at you and you just have this briefest of moments of just visual like it's looking at you in your eyes it's looking at you personally sort of in your soul for a minute before it disappears into the tree line even further. With the rest of the time that you've spent out here, you don't really see any, um, any spies. You don't see any other defectors. You're pretty sure you cleared out the only uh, sort of remnants of that uh, high hill battle that were left. And at this point... The cloud cover is remaining. The rain is coming down a little bit harder. It's starting to get a little bit lighter as you finish your round of inspections of this space. And uh, you know that the sun is going to be starting to come up soon, so it's probably time to, to head back into the town. Okay. Uh, before heading back, I'm going to collect my, air, my four arrows that I shot. Okay. Um, and, and head back. The only one that would be a little bit difficult is the one that's uh, right through the guy's throat. Uh, but you're able to sort of continue pulling it through. And you're probably going to have to refletch a few of the arrows. But other than that, it's... I'm sorry, uh, feathers. But other than that, it looks fine. Okay. So as you get back into town, you actually see the rest of your party heading out toward the, um, uh, the brass crab right here. And um, as you enter the brass crab, you can see everyone sort of waking up, uh, talking amongst each other. There's a lot of still wounded that are being tended to, but most of them are sleeping at this point because it is still very early in the morning. And your companions are talking about the next moves. They witnessed 
um, a sort of a military encampment that was sharing the same sign of tachesis that those uh, lizard-like creatures, uh, when they attacked you, were wearing on their breastplates as well at the very beginning of this adventure. And so uh, they're afraid that this is a larger military force that's going to be coming to Vogler. And throughout the conversations, the mayor doesn't really want to... This is a point of a bit of a recap for what's already happened for everyone watching this. Um, you can watch the last session. Uh, I think it's uh, session number three uh, in order to see the role-playing of this, this aspect of the story here. But um, they're talking about whether they should try to evacuate. Uh, the mayor really would prefer just to write a letter of neutrality to this military group and not even involve himself at all. And a lot of the heroes are sort of countering, talking to her along with Beckel and Uthviharin saying, look, there's, if they're going to come, they're going to come. There's nothing we can do about it. A letter of neutrality is not really going to do anything. Um, and it's about this point that Riddle uh, Iron Smile comes in uh, the, the small dwarf that went out to her uh, ironclad regiment encampment to see if there was any remaining loyal troops there. She comes in with a gentleman um, who, uh, her lieutenant, who they confirm that there's a few dozen soldiers still like loyal to her, and they had captured and contained all of the dissidents that were not a part of that Battle of High Hill. And they also track down and sort of confirm the site of this massive military encampment. So at this point, everyone's sort of speculating and talking, trying to figure out what they should be doing uh, in order to uh, defend themselves against this military force if they in fact do come. And a lot of the people are talking, a lot of the heroes, your companions are talking about how we should just probably evacuate, not even bother with it at all. And Riddle, um, uh, I'm sorry, Mayor Raven Uth Vogler is really adamantly opposed to the idea of evacuation. This is their home. She has nowhere else to go. They have, this has been a town that's been here since, you know, for over 300 years since Istar was uh, still, you know, an empire that tried to invade this, uh, this town and the Slandic Knights fought them off. There's a lot of pride here in this city and her ideas of safety and security are being countered by arguments from the heroes, but also the reality that there is a military force on the doorstep. So um, one of the heroes suggests maybe we should go check out some of these boats. Uh, you head down to the docks with them uh, in order to find out, you know, what number of boats we have, if we do need to evacuate, how can we get as many people out as possible. The mayor mentioned something about there's 400 citizens that need to be evac evacuated if we were to evacuate by boat. And so you guys are looking at the sort of layout of all the boats in the harbor and all the fishermen that are sort of actually right now actively loading their ships to go out to fish because they're unaware of the danger that's sort of looming on their doorstep at this point. Um, and then suddenly uh, you guys go back to report that, you know, if we're smart, we could probably combine a bunch of the floating logs that are just in the river, you know, natural you know, downed trees from weather and logging and bunch those up with all of the existing boats and we could probably get 200 or some odd people out, but it would take a few hours to, you know, wrap everything tightly and knot it all together. Um, and you see Becklin sort of wave in the your paladin friend, Bendix, into the kitchen. And at this point, you go back into the kitchen 
just to make sure that Yalmay, the cook, is doing okay. You've struck up this sort of friendship with her, and she's been very nice to you, and, you know, she, she enjoys, you know, just chatting with you. you. You're not like all the other people. You know, you're not trying to be this heroic knight. You're not trying to be this massive warrior. You're much more in tune with nature and the animals, and that's kind of how she is, too. So you got this really nice sort of comfortable vibe between each other. So as you're talking to her, you can't help but overhear Becklin Uthbiharin tell Bendix that if worse comes to worse and they have to go to war, then Becklin is going to be going to the front lines with Cudgel and doing her best to hold off whatever oncoming forces could be coming. If that happens, then she needs Bendix to go up into Thornwall Keep, which is that big fort at the very entrance of town. And in her third level floor bedroom, there's a box for Derrett Hightower, that young man that she's been sort of squat that's been a squire to her, she's been sort of training. There's a box for him. Please make sure you collect it and get it to him no matter what happens. And so um, he agrees to this and then they move out. As far as you understand, the entire plan is that a couple of the heroes are going to go to the town center, ring the town center bell to call in a whole bunch of the citizens to warn them about the oncoming problem. And while they're doing that, uh, other people are going out to try to figure out how they can get more boats. Um, and at this point, it's sort of up to you what you want to do and where you want to go. Everyone seems to be going and doing off their own thing. Um, uh, Mayor Raven, as you sort of are, are coming by, she looks at you, she's like, you know, there are a number of things that you could help us with. Uh, you know, that idea that you and uh, Arjun had about lashing together those boats, it would be great if you could help lash those together with that project. That'll take a number of hours. Or if you could go out and door to door and make sure that all of the remaining citizens are aware that they're supposed to meet in the town center, that would be really wonderful as well. Um, either one of those would be great if you could help me with that. Uh, before I go do either one of those, uh, where do you know which direction uh, the supposed war is coming from? So the force that both your hero party and Cudgel uh, uh, and uh, her lieutenant verified, it was about two hours uh, north-northwest from Vogler. So it's way up in the hills, really far away at this point. The, the scary part about all this is that that military force had to get across the Vingard River to be there. And they're not supposed to be there. So, you know, they're, they're literally in your backyard. And that's why people are sort of freaking out because they've never seen a military force here this, this close in their own home. Uh, the region is called Hinterlund. And so uh, it, it's sort of freaking everyone out. Typing that out right now. Um, <laughs> what do you have? What do you have as a failsafe in case this doesn't work? In case uh, ships get cut off, voyages to evacuate get cut off. What is your backup plan? What is your failsafe? I have to tell you, we don't have a backup plan. There is no failsafe. I don't even really want to evacuate in the first place. But they do, if they do in fact come as everyone is suggesting and attack us, though we have no reason to believe that they actually would, at this point, then evacuating by boat down the Vingard to Calaman is really our only option. 
We don't have a military force here to, to fight off against any, any incurring army. And Iron Smile has promised the Ironclad Regiment to, to defend us and stand in the way of any army before they get into town. But this really is our most desperate hour if in fact they do want to invade. Have, have the blacksmiths start increasing production of armor and weapons just in case things go wry. I will help with the boats or help with the um, logs, but all we could, from your information, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Thank you. I think that's really the best advice we, we could have at this moment. I'll let the blacksmiths know, but I am afraid we're not going to have much time. And as she's saying this to you, and as people are starting to leave to go off to do the different tasks that Mayor Ravenuth Vogler has assigned them or, or proposed of them, that's when you notice this villager come rushing through the door, freaking out, asking for the mayor. They lead her, him back to the, um, uh, the kitchen and reports that there's a stranger on horseback at the river gate, which is that front entrance gate uh, to get into Vogler here, saying that they, they want to see the leader of the town. Uh, this guy's freaking out. Everyone's calming him down. The mayor uh, looks over at Becklin and Cudgel, and they just sort of nod their heads. And some of the heroes also go with uh, to that river gate. Um, and you're welcome to, to follow if you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow. So as you get up to the river gate, as with everyone else, and a lot of the, the commoners as well, you see this female clad in military armor with that symbol on her breastplate and a cloak up behind her back. And she calls out, where's the leader of this town? And Raven Uthvogler comes forward. I'm the leader. What can I do for you? And she just brings down a parchment to present to her. This is clearly a messenger of some sort. And the mayor reads the parchment which ostensibly states that this town has been officially declared a campsite for the military. Oh, let me read this to you just so we have it exactly here. Let's see here. People of Wagler, by the orders of Belethion, the voice of Tachesis, you will quarter the soldiers of the invincible, this is uh, Raven reading this, of the invincible Red Dragon army, this night, refuse and die. This is the Dragon Queen's will. And Mayor, like, looks around at everyone and sort of holds it up like she's, like, proving that it's real, even though obviously it's real. And the um, dragon, I'm sorry, the, the, the scout on the war horse is just sort of sitting there, just gets herself comfortable. Uh, ostensibly, this letter is saying no one can leave. Tonight, which is in, you know, seven hours or so, the dragon army will be in town to be quartered. So they need to make sure that everyone has a place to stay and that there's enough food. And this town is now under the control of the red dragon army. Whatever the red dragon army means, because no one's ever heard of that before. <laughs> and certainly no one's ever heard of this Belefeon uh, or the voice of Tekesis. I mean, the gods have been absent for over 350 years which is generations of humans. So the mayor is understandably 
beside herself because her worst fears and the worst fears of all of the heroes and uh, everyone involved have been fully realized that they're not actually coming to invade, but they are coming to take over. And an occupation sometimes can be worse than outright war because that means rape, slavery, um, subjugation, you know, you no longer have any semblance of freedom or justice. I mean, it's, it can be a very terrible thing. So at this point, the mayor and all the heroes had returned to the brass crab to try to talk over the reality of the situation at this point. They're like, okay, now it's full on real. We need to get Cudgel through past those people to get to her ironclad regiment to get them to line up, but they can't do that with this stinking mercenary sitting out in front and just waiting. So what ends up in unfolding is that some people are continuing with the boat options. Others have sort of gone down and, and thought about different ways of, of lashing together new boats, like the idea of just south of here, there's a bridge that isn't quite complete to cross the Vingard River, and people have been using a pulley system with rafts to sort of ferry people back and forth across the river. If we somehow deconstructed that, we could probably get a hundred more people on that raft system in order to evacuate before the Dragon Army comes. And Cudgel Iron Smile has straight up declared that she will stand with Becklin against this Dragon Army to try to provide them enough time to evacuate everyone. And they only have a number of hours before the Dragon Army is on them. At this point, Arjun goes up to that solo um, merchant with uh, that scout at the front river gate with Cudgel Iron Smile and um, her lieutenant. And uh, he is straight up trying to antagonize the, the scout or the messenger, uh, trying to get her to fight him. And she's really having none of it. She just whistles, raises her hand, and she, you see four Dragon Army soldiers come across on top of this cliff right here. And they start throwing javelins down at um, Arjun, who is doing a really good job of, like, ducking out of the way and stuff. But ultimately, it means that the messenger turns around, leaves, and that gives Cudgel and her, um, uh, her lieutenant enough time to sneak against the cliff wall, this, this sort of northeastern cliff wall underneath basically those dragon army soldiers that are trying to attack Arjun to get away to get to their encampment to bring the forces to bear and at this point that bell is ringing out all the people are coming out the citizens are coming out so what are you going to do when this is happening sorry it's a lot of exposition but this has all happened already so I just want to let you know I understand um, if they weren't if they didn't manage to get out, I was going to suggest an idea that they take like a raft or mm. a small boat around the shoreline right. on the east side. But um, they got out through the passageway. Yeah. How many people do I know? How many people are actually fighters and warriors within uh, this village? Oh, there's none. The town? The, oh, yeah, the town militia was devastated at that Battle of High Hill by um, the turncoat ironclad regiment soldiers. And the only survivors were some of the remnant, you know, defectors of the ironclad regiment, but also you heroes. 
everyone else was just completely decimated. So they're either outright dead or they're wounded in the brass crab. So that's why it's so important. There's no one to defend this city at this point, this village. It's really up to the ironclad regiment to just stand in the way of this oncoming army because they don't want them to occupy it. If they occupy it, it just means bad news for everyone. So they're going to try to escape to Calaman down the Vingard River. Did they say how many people were within the Red Dragon's army or they how, how big estimated is it? thousands. Estimated thousands. Yeah. And there's approximately four hundred civilians in this town. So I mean it's insurmountable odds. Hmm. So at this point they're you know the mayor had asked you if you could either help gather up folks to get to the main city center or go help with the raft crafting situation. There wouldn't be enough time to for just one person to make a, enough rafts. So oh, you're I'm not the only one working on it. There's a bunch of civilians working on it. Okay. Um, I'm going to go through the town. I'm going to go for more of the upper areas, closer to the gate, have them go down to the docks to assist. I'm going to try getting as many people as possible to go assist with the rafts Okay. as possible. So I'm going to go through the very top areas to have them start going downwards uh, the people on the north and west side of the town, I'm going to have go to city center. And the people in the center of it, I'm going to have them also help with the rafts. Because right, the more... A... Go ahead. Because the more hands that we have on getting the rafts created the faster we could get them up and running right. and start evacuating people okay give me a persuasion check to see how well you're doing convincing people to do this and people that you're coming across they're panicked they, they've never dealt with war before i mean yes this has been a dark time in Kryn's history but direct invasion has never happened here in vogler since you know 300 plus years ago so Everyone is justifiably freaking out. So we need someone, you know, to calm them down, to persuade them to do what they're told. And so what do you got? Nine minus three. That is six. Yeah, you're having a really hard time getting people to listen to you. They're sort of, you know, at their wits end. Like, what about my property? What about my possessions? My entire life is here. Why would I, why would I leave to Calaman? This is it. Can't they just, can't you just let them sleep here and, and they'll just move along the next day? Is, isn't that what could happen? I'm going to explain the, what could potentially happen if that was the case. I'm going to explain how they could go into slavery. They could be murdered just for not doing what they ask, raped, uh, sold into different things mm -hmm. in different villages. They could lose, just explain to them that they will lose, they could lose more than what they have. Yeah. 
Okay. Including pride, dignity, family honor, whatever they um, believe in. Give me another persuasion check. Okay. Okay, this one is a lot better. It's a 12. Nice. Okay. So they listen to your entreaty, and they sort of come around. They're like, okay, if you really do think it's best, we'll, we'll go help. Thank you. And you see them just sort of, almost like walking zombies, just sort of stunned, you know, shambling their way to the docks to go help the other villagers and stuff. Um, people are, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of worried. <laughs> they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if they're going to have, they don't know if they're going to live through the night. You know, this is the last day, and it's all in preparation. Um, the sun is coming up through, you know, over past the canopy of clouds, which is still heavy. The rain is starting to pick up a little more. It's not straight-out downpour, but it is sputtering pretty heavily. And everyone just has this grim countenance. You'd already heard um, just ambient sound of the villagers being informed by the mayor and by uh, uh, Bendix about what is happening and what is coming. You've even heard some of the uh, citizens trying to talk the mayor out of evacuation and, you know, the, the heroes come up and sort of uh, intimidate them or persuade them to uh, either leave or, or join and help with the rest of the town. And there's a lot of dissent and, and sort of craziness going around. Um, finally, the day wears on. Um, you're finished getting everyone that is capable of helping if they're not gathering their possessions to help, you know, form these different raft situations. And you see Becklin and Cudgel come in, and Derrett is at the front gate uh, to meet them. And all the heroes come up. And Becklin looks over at Derrett, and she, you know, just sort of tightly gives him a, a nice, close, friendly hug. And she sort of just whispers to him some sort of communication. And he looks terrified, and he just looks up at her and like, I, I know what to do. We can do this. And uh, Becklin looks over at the heroes and all of you, and she says, Ispin was right to call you friends, and I am very glad to have had the chance to do the same. And just then she gets up on her horse, Cudgel gets up on her pony, and they ride off to imminent battle, knowing that the only thing between is them from the military force of the dragon army coming and decimating this village. And now the heroes, everyone else is literally running around trying to grab evacuees and such, doing their best to uh, keep information running and, and keep citizens and civilians working. And then as soon as uh, everyone seems to have, you know, their sort of mind wrapped around what's happening, everyone's ready to evacuate, once the actual military battle begins anew or begins initially, you hear this pounding hooves sounding from the direction of the river gate, which is that front entrance gate right up here. Uh, as a mercenary of the Ironclad Regiment rides toward the village circle. As she nears, she yells out, They're coming! Evacuate now! The dragon are And the message is cut short as a squat hooded figure launches from the nearby cliff top and slams into the rider's back, sending the horse and rider tumbling to the ground. So this is what you see as you are on the other side of the gate. Uh, it's a little blurry because it's 
not supposed to be zoomed in that far, but you can see you're down here. Uh, the scout that came to warn everyone is right there. The creature with the wings, which you recognize because it's what you've fought before. And the horse, which is now dead on the ground as the creature came down and clawed and pummeled and cut its way. So everyone else is off doing stuff. You're the only person here to not only witness this, but also, like, she is clearly going to be killed if you don't intervene. So there's a couple things that should be running through your head at this point. First is, she called for evacuation to begin right now. And if she dies, you're the only one that can answer that call and, and let everyone else know, stop building rafts, just get the hell out of here right now because the battle is on. If she dies, there's no one else to back that up. And could you just stand by while this creature kills her? What do you want to do? Um, is there any citizen, any any hero nearby? No. Within shouting it, range. The only person that you would know of would be Than the gnome that's on top of this uh, tower, the, the Thornwall Keep. And he has been working at retrofitting what he calls a gnome flinger into a catapult in order to help defend the city on the request of Arjun. So he's the only one that's in this area right now. Everyone else is south near the brass crab in the docks. Is he within uh, hearing range if I shout? Yeah, you, I mean, you'd have to really scream, but yeah. Okay. I'm going to shoot an arrow. I'm going to shout, oh, hell no! Shoot an arrow square at the uh, lizard person's... I'm just going to shoot an arrow at them. Okay, hold on. Let's do initiative then if you're going to engage in the melee. Because they're already in the middle of it. So let's see. Okay. His initiative is 15. Her initiative... Well, I clicked the button. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it's three... She's all taken by surprise. What was your initiative? I rolled a 17 plus 4, 21. Whoa! Nice. Come on now. There. Okay, well, it is your initiative, so what are you going to do? I rolled a nat 20 to hit for a longbow. Wow, okay. Well, a natural 20, that's double damage. What do you got? That is a 7 plus 4. 11 and since that nice. you said double damage yeah that is 22 damage <laughs> all right well you literally killed like one shot at this thing so how did you hit it where did you hit it how did you kill it i see it jump down knocks them onto the ground i'm gonna show oh hell no <laughs> and shoot it shoot an arrow straight between the head or between the eyes. Wow. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to adjust the light here. Because it's dark in here. Alright, so... you <laughs> The arrow hits straight in its face. It doesn't even see you by the time it hit, you hit it. And you immediately see it turn to stone. And this gas release from it. So I need this guard to... What's the save here? It's a constitution save. 19. Nice. 
So she's successful. She sort of limps back in a way. That was the fastest fight. I did not expect that to go so quickly. <laughs> well done. Um, so he turns and you know, ultimately within a minute, it crumbles to nothingness. But um, she turns around and runs to you. They're invading. The, the Ironclad Regiment is going to meet them. But the heroes need to help evacuate people right now. She doesn't say heroes. She says your companions. But um, she is running off past you toward the brass crab at this point. Okay. Uh, since she's injured and limping, I'm going to give help her, uh, just wrap her arm around my shoulder and help her get to the brass crab as fast as possible while going down the way, just shouting at everyone that I see, Start evacuating! Just start evacuating! Get to the docks! Escape! Get you out of here! this high-pitched... Hey, you down there! Help! Come here! Come here! And you see the gnome Than sort of jumping up and down on the parapet of the keep, waving at you. Come here! Help! Help! I need help with the catapult! Calling after you. Okay, I'm... I'm gonna look at... Is there any civilians nearby? Any citizens? I mean, they're running around, you know, after your call and, and hearing her call, and the other companions are all, you know, collecting up civilians and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can see people. Um, the scout's a female, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna look at a random citizen, point at them. Hey, you! Help her get to the brass crab right now. Okay, okay. They run up, they pick her up. Are you okay, ma'am? She's like, I'm fine. Let's just go. Let's go. Let's go. They're coming. And like, I'm war is the, on. And I'm gonna head up to the gnome to assist him. So you run up to the first level of Thornwall Keep, and you know in the courtyard, you'll remember from the first time you came here when she gifted the shield to Bendix. The, the entire front area is all sort of excavated for old artifacts. The entire first level of the keep inside is all devoted to like a museum. You go up to the second level and it's like a library and it's like sort of a, a, a sleeping, uh, like a guest room. And you get up to the third level. And can I get a perception check from you? Yes, you can. Perception, that is 17 plus 421. So you notice there's a box sitting on the bed at the third level, and you immediately remember she told Becklin to grab this box and give it to Derek, but no one's done that yet. And the box is just sitting there as you're going up uh, past it. Um, I'm going to grab that and put it... Do, am I, do I have a cloak? I'm sure you have a cloak. Well, I'm going to put it somewhere on me for later. Okay. Uh, you need to stuff it in your backpack. I mean, it'll fill your backpack, but you can stuff it in there. I'll do that. Okay. And I'm going to proceed heading up to the gnome to assist him with whatever he needed. So you get up. He's holding open the... the trap door that's at the very top of the stairway that you're coming up. He's like, come on, I need your help pulling down this catapult. These things are really fast and you won't believe how far I can actually go. I mean, I'd probably throw a bunch of rocks in the middle of the, the dragon army's forces, but we want to make sure that we're really accurate. So you must understand that it's really important. So one thing you know about gnomes is they speak really fast and they don't have pauses between words. So it's really hard for humans to understand them unless they really talk slowly, like make an effort. He is sort of overly excited, just spinning words together in this sort of cacophony of syllables and consonant sounds that you're having a really hard time making out what he's saying. Um, are there any key phrases that I do catch that 
is like, I need to do this. Give me a perception check. Okie dokie. Perception. 15. Yeah, you're getting the semblance of grab this rock and load this catapult and help me winch it back. And, you know, like little phrases like that through this long diatribe string of somebody, you might do one more. It's, I mean, there's a point where you're swearing that he's talking about physics and trajectory ratings when you're like, what? Just let's just do this. Like, stop telling me the science behind this. Um, but yeah, can I get a, uh, let's see, what, what role are we doing here? A strength check from you. Yep. Strength check. Ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba. That is horrible. That is a six. So you're doing your <laughs> best to load this thing up in there and Than gets underneath and he's like pushing up, trying to help you. And eventually you guys barely get this, you know, part of the castle itself, like the stone that the castle's made of lopped into the bed of this catapult. And Than is like motioning you over to help him like wrench it back in even further and just try to, to align it and stuff. Pardon me. So can I get another strength check to see how well you are at, at wenching this thing back? Yep. That is a 12. Okay, so you both successful in bringing it back together. You see it just cranking back a little bit and a little bit. And the gnome looks at you. Do you want to do the Do you, do you want to pull out the pin? Yes! <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you reach over, you grab the little pin, you pull it back. And it's almost like everything on this tower shakes all at once. As this catapult just... <laughs> jumps up and like rocks the entire base of the catapult you're like grabbing onto the parapet trying to just steady yourself as it moves across and you just see this massive stone just and then this is so far away at this point that the sound itself is taking a second to get back to you and you just see it blast and land in the middle of this uh footman troop of um, uh, dragon army soldiers that are walking toward the uh, flank of the ironclad regiment and what you see are actually two different flanks out front from your vantage point it looks like the dragon army is split up to try to well flank the ironclad regiment um, as it's coming in and invading and you can see people you know just massive battles happening out there troops of, of archers are, are firing their arrows the footmen are all battling with each other the mounted cavalry is all you know moving around through the battlefield fighting each other and uh, the gnome is calling out to you again before you start to register. Those are words he's using again. He's like, go, 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 let's load again. Let's get another one. Come on, help me, help me, help me. So can I get another strength check? Yep. That is a eight. Okay, you're doing your best. You're just like, oh, God. Oh, you feel like you're going to get a hernia or something. Like your testicles ripping. Like, this is really heavy. I can't do this. And he gets on and he's like, I thought humans were supposed to be a lot stronger than us. Why are you going to you know, sort of chattering on as he helps you push the rock onto it. He's like, I'm going to do this one. I got this one. So uh, give me another strength check to ratchet it back. Okay. That is a 20. Dirty 20. Perfect. So you pull it back and he like sits there. He looks at you for a second, gives you the biggest shit eating grin you've ever seen. Like his smile almost goes straight to his ears as he pulls the pin and just the violence just <laughs> happens again. Everything shakes. It's just like, <laughs> you hear people <laughs> screaming as this thing just busts apart. People are flying out in the area and the gnome is like, <laughs> just like screaming and is super happy. And that's where, you start seeing 
um, right literally off the top of the cliff out of the corner of your eye. Um, so you're right here firing off in this direction off where the actual battle is taking place. Off the cliff face here, you see that boar running straight through the trees toward the actual city like its life is in dire straits. And it like charges down the cliff, rolls a little bit a couple times, and up on top of the cliff, um, give me one second. From uh, between the tree, oh geez, where is it? A distant flash of light catches your attention. Atop the cliffs north of town, right where the boar came from, three figures on motionless horses sit and just stand in the shadow of the trees. You get this really dark, just terrifying feeling just from looking at them, even at this massive distance. There's something about it that just does not sit right in your stomach. You make out just a glint of light on plate armor, but before you can alert anyone else, <clears throat> the figures end up vanishing in the darkness. Can I get an intelligence or a history check from you, please? Um, that's not, uh, that's not a comfy feeling. Uh, that is a nine. Okay, yeah, whatever they were, whoever they were, it did not feel good to you. You've never felt that way about anything before. And it was like, you know, like on a roller coaster when your stomach just drops. That's the sensation you had just for the briefest of moments glimpsing them. And then they disappear. But you see that boar charging through the river gate into the town. Um, I'm going to try doing the loudest whistle that I can to catch the boar's attention. Okay. Uh, what skill do you think would work with that? Um, probably performance. Okay. Well, let's try performance. I hope you're good at it. <laughs> One. Because it could go bad. Oh, yeah. You're just like, ah. <laughs> how do you whistle again? Yeah, that didn't work. Minus three to charisma. I'll <laughs> do it. I don't know. What does that mean? Your tongue is cut or something? You can't whistle? <laughs> just not used to doing peoply stuff. <laughs> right. right. Who is used to doing peoply stuff? Peoply are weird. Right. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> you see the, the boar's like charging through the gate at this point. What do you, are you going to try to like engage it at all? You weren't successful whistling, but. Um, Than looks back at you as you're like looking down, trying to whistle. And he's like, I got this. You just go take care of what you got to take care of. I can take care of everything else up here. I'm going to assume by his motion doing this. That, he means I'm good to go. Yeah. So I'm going to head down and hopefully catch up to the boar. Okay. So by the time you get down out of the actual keep, the boar is paralleling the cliff face right around here. So you're, you know, you're like, I don't know, what is that? 60 feet above away from it? Because you're up like up on a cliff hill and it's down at the floor level. Um, probably. I'll let you 
I'll let you decide on that one since. Decide on what? What you're going to do? Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about the distance. No, I'm asking um, what you want to do. Um, I didn't hear that part. I'm going to catch up to the boar or attempt to because if he goes charging into where the people are um so the best you're gonna do to try to catch up to it spur. yeah the only way you're gonna be able to catch up to it is to jump off this little cliff face so if you want to try to skitter down the edge of this like it's not like a straight drop off it's like a steep you know ravine uh, so you're gonna have to like ride down that if you want to do that i'm gonna need an athletics check from you Know what? What's the worst that could happen? Let's um, do it. I can think of a couple things. <laughs> that okay. is a 14. A 14? You're barely able to keep your footing underneath you. You're running as fast as you can, jumping, you know, like leaping. Your, you know, you've run down a mountain before. So you're doing everything you can to try to stay upright, and you're barely able to do so. And you actually catch, the with all the falling rock that's coming down with you, you uh, catch the attention of the boar, and it sort of looks up to you, and it starts running toward you, squealing. Just, it looks terrified. So can I get an animal handling check from you? Yep. Please be good. Please be good. You're an eight. A total? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the, the boar runs up to you, and it's clearly too panicked to pay attention to you really it almost looks like it's trying to go past you and try to get back up onto the hill where you were um just for some form of a safety or something like that because whatever you saw it was right next to and it freaked it the hell out you can see it's still obviously clearly wounded from everyone um from what had happened before that you witnessed uh, those those two uh, mercenaries attacking it and about this time you start in the, the the cacophony of battle that's happening all around. Um, the sound of clashing metal draws your attention. Two of Vogler's remaining members of the militia are struggling to hold their own against reptile-headed invaders. The scaled soldiers bait the military. Excuse me, the military members hissing cruel laughter. So it's two guards and five of these lizard creatures right where you were at that Fisher's Gate. So let me, uh, so you're at the bottom of this hill. Actually, let me grab that boar really quick because he was with you here. Where are you, boar? And he was trying to go back up the hill uh, behind you. And you see two guards. Let me grab them really quick. I'm just going to use these for the guards. Facing off. Oh, come on now. Against. Let me make sure I got the right kind. Baz, yes. So. Just give me a sec to set this up. Didn't I just put a Baz down? Did I not? Against five of these bad boys. All right. So I'm going to have all the bad guys go on the same initiative, but let's roll initiative. Okie dokie. Uh, this boar 
if it's going to do anything, it's only on your command if you can successfully do a animal handling check. Otherwise, um, it's not going to be able to. I'm going to have these two guards go after you on initiative. So let me uh, add these guys. So let me know what your initiative when you have second. 21. Seventeen plus four. Right, so you had. Well, that's the same as last time. They're all moving on four. Okay, so you're first, and then everyone else is going to go. So what are you going to do? You see these two guards facing off against these five lizard creatures. You know how dangerous they are. No one here is unwounded. Even those draconians. Well, you know, you don't know them as draconians, but these creatures are wounded as well. I mean, there's a massive battle happening before you even get into town. And if they got here, they must have skirted around the battle somehow. So, uh, what are you going to do? Um, are do any of the winged creatures, as my character would call them? Do any of them look like they are just miserable right now? Like, they are wounded? Uh, give me a perception check. Okay. They're all... You can tell they're all battle-worn, but how badly is you're going to take it a little bit? Dirty 20. Okay. Um, it looks like... That one... This one... This one are the worst off of the five. These two are clearly hurt a little bit. I don't know. Do you see this when I'm selecting them? Yes, you. Okay. So these two down here are hurt, but they're not as bad as the three behind. Okay. How do the guards look? They look pretty hard up. Okay. I mean, they're doing their best. They're standing off, but they're outnumbered, and they've clearly already seen battle. Okay. The closest one to me in the back... Mm -hmm. um, let me ping it for you. This one? No. Um, this one. This guy. Okay. I'm going to shoot an arrow at him. Shoot. Please, please be good. Please be good. Does a 17 hit. Yeah. Sweet. So you pull back. What's the damage? Eight damage. Okay, that's nice. That's respectable. Eight plus. See, where are you? So you hit it, and you see it sort of spin sideways a little bit, like a sort of a half turn, and it like looks down, breaks it off, and looks at you, just snarls like, and you just pissed it off. Oh, are you going to move or anything, or are you good? Um, I'm good. So the boar is continually trying to climb up that hill and do its best to get away from all of the violence that's happening. Uh, this guard is going to attack the draconian in front of him. Let's see. Oh my gosh. And he's just doing a horrible job swinging his short sword. The draconian's like clearly parrying and reposting, not having any of it. The second one goes in to hit. And he is having similar luck. Uh, they're just completely outmatched by these well-trained, 
clearly bred for fighting creatures. Uh, it's their turn. So this first one that's just facing off against that other guard uh, moves forward with its short sword. Let me see. And they're doing a, the guards are doing a really good job of, of sort of keeping the, the creatures at bay. It's parrying what it has and it's ducking and dodging, moving out of the way from it. The second one goes into attack. And though the second one is using the bulk of its body and its wings to sort of try to cut off any sort of maneuvers that the guard or the militia member is uh, applying to its assault, uh, it is unable to actually make contact with its short sword. You see this creature come up around the edge here, just sort of shifting, and it's uh, trying to do its best to you know, sort of square off against uh, that guard, that militia member, and it moves its sword in, but the guard was able to sort of step back just slightly. The blade flashes right in front of his face and he's looking around trying to see if anyone else is here to help. And he looks at you, he's like, please help us, help us, please. And he's like doing his best to, you know, parry. And he's just sort of in the battle. He doesn't know you've already engaged at all at this point. Uh, this draconian is, uh, let's see, 1, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. That is its speed. So it moves right up to you and it's going to try to slice down at you with its short sword here. What's your armor class? 15. It completely like swipes next to you. You use your bow and you sort of smack his arm as it's moving down and he like makes his sword sort of fly out to the side. He still has a grip on it, but it just misses his mark and he does not actually hit you with it. And you see this creature moving over 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 uh let's see 35 and he's going to swipe at you as well where is it and this one does in fact hit you you take four damage he moves oh forward slices down as you he's like you don't speak draconic so you're not entirely sure what he said but he's definitely saying something aggressive and mean now that they're close to you i mean the one that you hit with an arrow looks a lot worse off but they both look like they're pretty hurt um, but that is their turn, and it's back at you. So what are you going to do? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the tough part. I mean, you can fire from where you are, but you're going to have disadvantage. So you can either move to weapons, or you can move back, provoke attack of opportunities, and then try to fire at them without uh, disadvantage. It's kind of up to you. I get that. Do I need to have the feet for two-weapon fighting, or am I allowed to just two-weapon fight? I think you have the ability to two-weapon fight. Like, it says bonus actions, actions in combat, two-weapon fighting. Okay. Um, I'm going to bring out my hand axe and my dagger, and the one that I shot with the arrow, I'm going to use my hand axe to... Okay, so this is saying you don't add your ability modifier to the damage of the bonus attack, which is the light offhand weapon, unless the modifier is negative. So your regular weapon attack will be normal. The other one will not have your bonus to it. Okay. So with the hand axe, which is my base, mm -hmm. that one is a 12 to hit. Which I'm a 12 misses. is not enough. So he parries that, that hand axe off. 
Okay, and with the dagger, what is that to hit? That is a 13. A 13 also is not enough. So you're just doing your best to hack and slash at these people. They're using their wings to help their movement of evading. They're using their short swords to expertise. I mean, these are martial trained warriors. And you're, you're getting flashbacks of when you first encountered them, which didn't go so well. Um, this is actually a really scary moment for you. And it's at this point that you notice that the boar... I wish I had... Where's my little thing? Once you're being attacked... You actually hear it squeal really loud and just charge downhill at this creature um, right in front of you. <laughs> and it rams right into it with its tusks. Uh, let's see. Bah! It's four damage to this guy right here. So it rams into him. Uh, almost as like this, you're getting this vibe of like protection or something. And maybe it's not even protection. Maybe it's just had enough. You know, it's sort of cornered and it needs to lash out. But whatever the case, it seems to have come to your rescue, taken the attention off of you, and it rams right into this guy, this draconian. And it didn't even expect it. It like hits the side of it, rips a bit of its wing open, and it looks down. It's like, <laughs> screaming down at it like a crazy person. Um, that was your turn, right? Yeah, that was my turn. Okay. So this guard is going to bring forward and, and try to do his best to slam. <laughs> He's having the hardest time of actually hitting that second guard moves forward, and he is not doing any better at all. This seems to be a very evenly uh, matched battle between everyone as the Draconians come up with their short swords, and this one finally connects. Uh, this guard takes, what is that average damage? Four damage. Uh, the second Draconian attacks. Oh, sweet hell. And he hits this guard as well. They are doing their best to sort of stave off, but with each successive hit, you can see they're getting weaker and slower. And it's not even gradually. It's like exponentially. Like they are, they seem like they're ready to drop. They're so exhausted at this point. And you know that if they drop now, you are going to be in some serious trouble if all of these things are going to be fighting you. Uh, this one moves into attack. Um, that's just sort of standing off the edge. Why didn't it do it? There. And he successfully hits two. You can see he gets hit from the side, from both sides, as he's doing his best to move the sword in the way to sort of try to parry off, but he's just too slow. And these things are just getting sort of oppressively looming closer and closer. Uh, this one takes its attention off of you and focuses down at the boar and attacks and definitely slices that boar. Um, you see the boar sort of whine a little bit and drop back. It's not quite down. Uh, this draconian slices down at you. Just guttural, just vile venom is spewing out of its mouth in just a language you just cannot understand. But whatever the case, you bring up your hand axe and parry that sword thrust, and it is your turn. Okay, once again, I'm going to two-weapon fight. That is a 21 to hit. <laughs> a 21 hits, definitely. Damage? Okay. That is four damage. I'm just going to bring the hand axe down into roughly its collarbone. Well, you see, as soon as you bring it down to the collarbone, its body starts to make that change into stone that you're so familiar with, and this gas starts to escape. I need a constitution check from you. 
Okay, as it okay. turns into stone and crumbles. Oh no, Khan is my other terrible. No! <laughs> What's it? One. A natural one? No, it's not a natural one. It's a three minus two. Okay. <laughs> You're killing me here, kid. <laughs> so, you are effectively what's considered restrained at this point. So, what that means is your speed becomes zero and you can't benefit from any of your speed. Your attack rolls against any creature. Um, I'm sorry, attack rolls against you have advantage and attack rolls against other creatures have disadvantage for this turn. And you have a disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. So if you fail the next, then you will be, um, uh, let's see, on a success, the effect ends. Otherwise, you are petrified next turn. So you have one more turn before you're petrified uh, from the effects of this. So are you going to move at all? Or are you, are you, well, you're restrained. You can't move. You have a speed of zero. So that ends your turn. You did Our one attack, right? Yeah, I was going to use my bonus attack with my dagger. All right, go ahead. It's got disadvantage. Okay. Nope, nope, that's not a disadvantage. What do you mean? I accidentally did a basic roll. Oh, okay. Just let me know. Okay. So, whichever one is the lowest one. So that is a five. That does not hit. <laughs> no. You're doing your best, but you're feeling your body slowing down and panic is starting to rush into your mind like, oh my gosh, what's happening? What's happening? The boar rears back a little bit and it moves back forward toward this creature. Um, where's the attack here? All right, so it comes forward and it gores into this draconian, hitting it. You see it start to shift as well as the gas comes out. I'm going to have your boar. Your boar should have done a constitution saving throw last turn, but I forgot. And it actually succeeded. Yes. So this draconian drops down. This uh, boar is now charging forward toward these creatures. But because uh, it's not affected by the, the gases you are. Um, but now you're not sure how well it's doing, how well it's not doing. This guard is going to attack at this point. And that is exactly what he needed to hit. That is uh, average hit damage of four. You see this guard drop down. I'm sorry, this draconian drop down. The gas is leaking out, so the guard is going to make his save. And he is not successful. You, so you see him start to like freak out and scream, What is happening? What's happening to me? Oh my gosh, what's happening? As his movements become really, really slow. Um, this one's going to have to make the same save just because he's in that within that five foot. He succeeded. He attacks yes. the Draconian right next to him, and he hits. This Draconian drops down dead as the gas leaks out. He's going to have to make a save against that one, which he does not make. So he's starting like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling it too. Oh shit, what's happening? And uh, the last Draconian, uh, he is looking around. I'm going to have him run uh, a morale here. He clearly sees that people are being affected but at this point, he is outnumbered, and he's looking around, and he sees, you know, these all have swords and a wild animal and, and arrows. I'm out of here. And you see him just tuck tail, turn tail and just run and charge back into the fray away from the, the four of you. So that ends this encounter. But you are hurting. And ultimately, as the effects of this petrification wear off you and the other two, 
the boar sort of turns towards you and just walks up and literally just like sits down on your feet and just sort of looking up at you. I am going to lean over and give, give it a gentle rub across the side of the face. And I'm going to see if the two guards are able to walk so that we could head back and assist in the evacuation. Uh, can I get an animal handling? Yep. Please be good, please be good, please be good. That is a 19. Okay. This boar seems to really have uh, emotionally bonded with you. And it's happy just to plod along next to you. Those two guards, as soon as they shake off the effects, they look at each other and they take out a bottle and they swig the bottle. And one of them pulls out another bottle and hands it to you. And he's like, it's a potion of healing. This is for you. Say less. So this, if you drink it, well, you'll regain 2d4 plus 2 hit points. Uh, it would take an action to do it. Uh, but it's up to you whether you use it now or later. But just I'll use it. it. You use, use it now. now. Okay. Yeah. So actually, two d four. I'll use it later. Okay. So two d four plus two. Okay. So you have the bottle of healing. You're helping the other two soldiers who are sort of you know you're collectively helping each other get back down to the docks. You know that your companions are running across the battlefield trying to grab civilians and bring them down to the evacuation dock. And as soon as you get down there, you notice something that you've never imagined in your entire life. To actually see. So let me set this up for you. The screams of villagers still evacuating onto boats ring through the smoke of burning buildings. Among the screams rises an unbelievable word. Dragon! Then it comes into view, pitching this way and that. Its scales clanking like steel plates. A black Beast draws near the wharf, flanked by reptilian invaders, flames crackling from the beast's gaping maw. You see this massive black monstrosity. Uh, as you're like down at the docks helping people get down into the uh, wharf and onto the ships that have been sort of created. This thing is a large being and it is terrifying. You've never seen anything like it in your entire life. Can I get a perception check from you? Yes, you can. This is bad situation after bad situation. That is a 22. <laughs> well, that's not bad at all. So as you're looking at this, you're like, that's not a living creature at all. That's a machine. Like this, this is not what people think it is. This isn't a dragon at all. This is literally a contraption, a machine, like, like that catapult you saw up on the top, except it's, this mechanical structure that looks like a dragon that's like shooting fireballs out of its mouth. You notice that almost instantly this, what we're going to call a broiler drac, uh, shoots this massive fireball into the uh, Warfinger's office, which just then consequently explodes out and flames are just igniting the, the, the wharf here. Fires, people are screaming and running around trying to get to boats. People are on the boats calling out for people to get on there. This is a moment of sheer terror. And you just hear someone calling from behind you near the, 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 um, near the boat dock. It's not real! It's not real! You can stop it with some of the debris! Throw some debris down in front of it, please, please! What are you going to do? 
Um, you know it's being wheeled by some other creatures as well. The the people on the docks that are trying to you know rescue as many people as possible are asking you to throw debris in its way so that it can't be wheeled further into and then fire on the uh, ships that are leaving. Okay, so it it's on the ground. It's not in the sky. Yeah, yeah. This is this. It, the closest thing I can sort of describe it as is like a parade float that looks like a dragon and then the chaos and the fear people believe it to be a dragon but it's clearly to your eye not a dragon um, and someone's just asking you to throw debris in front of it to stop it from being able to be wheeled further okay so kind of like the uh, or wooden contraption where they let it into the village and people just came out of it at night and it Eliminate the village kind of thing. Oh, yeah, a little bit like that, yeah. Trojan horse. That's what it was. I couldn't remember the name. Um, yeah, I'm going to... That barrel that's at the corner, mm -hmm. I'm going to rush up to it. Let me move my character. 5, 10... 15 and I'm going to start pushing it right, to give me an athletics check athletics 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 where are you there you are that is a night oh that's a dirty 20 nice so you like line it up you remember your days from, uh, I don't know, ranger school when you guys tapped kegs and you remember rolling kegs. You like line it up perfectly and you push it and you see it roll and just wedges right against the front of this mechanical contraption. And you can hear screaming from inside of it like, and you see a draconian, one of those uh, cloaked figures jump out of it, look around, see the, the, the keg in front of it. And at this point, it's like wedged against it. You really don't have a lot of time as he's moving forward and trying to unwedge it. If you're going to help people get out and you're going to get out yourself, now is the time to get on that raft and get people on that raft and get out of Dodge. Okay. Uh, if that is the case, I am... Is it on this one or is it on this one? There's actually boats on either of them. There's this huge sort of flotilla device that you uh, you helped with, but the mainly it was the, the civilians that had put it together, that's sort of at the end of that dock that people are running to and climbing on, and it's like sort of pushing itself away from the docks itself. So you're probably going to have to jump if you're going to try to get onto it. Okay, and how many people are not on it? It looks like everyone who's here at this moment is on it. You do not see any of your companions, any of the heroes at all, period. You do see there's two people that you have, uh, you and your companions have had experience with that are just straight up douchebags. And they're just always talking against everyone. It's Lord Bacchus, Uthestide, and Bacchus the Younger, his son. They've always sort of been self-interested, trying to talk the leadership out of their leadership roles and put themselves into these sort of leadership positions. But ultimately, they're on the boat trying to save themselves, calling for everyone to push off, push off, no more, we need to leave now. Um, but they're the only ones you recognize. You don't see any of your companion friends. So the, all the heroes, I'm presuming, are either on, on a raft that already left, on the raft that's currently leaving, or up at the front, correct? As far as you can guess. You know that there was another raft group 
that was being constructed from that pulley system that is actually just north of where you are right now, but actually it's east of you, you know, as far as like north, south, east, and west works. Um, so there is another place for them to leave, but you know if this contraption can effectively move down to the dock, it can actually destroy 200 civilians. So you need to get people out of here now and not wait for anyone or else you're going to be sitting ducks, really. Okay. Um, presuming the northern raft has not, or right. little pulley thing hasn't left yet, I'm going to well, Give me assist. a perception check to see if you notice it. Okay. Ba -ba -da -ba 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 -ba. That is a 21. Yeah, you see it's not gone yet. And you do see people on that uh, dock, like, loading onto it still. Okay. Um, I'm going to assist people getting on. You said there's everyone over in my general vicinity and on the docks is already on the um, raft? Yeah, yeah. They're actually pushing off. So okay. if you're going to get away, you need to get out now. Um, I'm not going to leave until... I start seeing the raft that's northern starts leaving because if I leave now, uh, those people could potentially get killed and I want to minimize as many casualties as possible. Okay. So where are you going to wait? Um, can I shoot an arrow into the lizards or at the lizard to reduce the amount of time it takes him to or increase the amount of time it takes him to get that barrel unstuck yeah give me an attack okay please do me justice that is a 22 yeah you hit him he's like unwedging it and you hit him he like drops down to a knee and he looks back he's like ah! and he's like calling out to the other people that are inside of this sort of tank like dragon structure uh, but yeah, he's stopped for the moment screaming. And that is seven damage just okay. for just for information. Um, I'm going to look at the boar and point towards the other to the northern docks because I'm not going to trust the uh, person on the raft behind me. I'm going to point the boar to start moving towards that direction. So you can, yeah, I mean, as, as far as you're, you're a beast master, you can take your action to command your beast to do something. And so you just did one action on that first initiative turn, so you're going to have to wait, you know, that six-second time frame or ten-second, whatever it is in 5th uh, edition, for your next round to come around. But you can tell it to go, and it'll listen. So it, it like, charges off to that uh, northern um, bridge dock. Technically, okay. it's east, but to this map, it looks like it's north. Okay. Um, if that's the case, I'm going to start making my way a little bit off to the side and just get my head out, or get my body out of line of sight of the brass dragon, mm -hmm. just, in Black. Case it, just in case it decides to shoot a fireball or something at me. So that's going to be five, you are, Yeah, ten, at this point, you are outnumbered. You need to leave. So whether 20, you leave off of the dock that's behind you. 30. Okay. So, so if you don't leave off the dock behind you, 
you're going to have to run to where your mount is going in order to, or you're not your mount, but your, your pet, your animal companion, in order to get onto a ship to leave. Because you don't have time anymore. You're, you're completely outnumbered. You will be killed if you stay any longer. Um, I'm heading out. Okay. So you're charging up with your boar. You're sort of you're trying to catch up because it was already ahead of you by a turn. And as you finally get to the docks and you jump on, you see your companions all leaping on as well. You notice that uh, Iron Smile, uh, Cudgel, Iron Smile, her lieutenant that came into town, uh, his name was... Um, just give me one second. Jaya Valdrus, he was running up and he has the helmet of uh, Becklin Uth uh, uh, Viharin with him, this land at night. And he tells everyone in the boat, she gave this to me for proof to say that I should leave and make sure that you all left. We've lost the battle. The dragon army has completely overrun the town. And if we don't leave now, we're all dead. And, you know, Derrett is sitting in the, the raft with all of you and he takes the helmet and he starts crying because that was his, you know, his trainer, his master. And uh, they push off the shore and you guys are all just slowly drifting away. I want to show you this image here. You're slowly drifting away down the Vingard River in silence watching the chaos and madness that, why can't I find this stinking image? Where did it go? Um, oh my goodness. This is stupid. Come on, you turd. There you are. So you're watching the town burn. You see those lizard creatures all looting. You see that boiler drag, fire dragon thing shooting these flame balls off into the sea and they're sort of missing the large bulk of the group of uh, rafters. Uh, people are screaming, babies are crying, women are screaming and crying, men are freaking out. Some people are just so shocked by the terror of it all that they can't do anything but just sit there and shake. Um, other people are doing their best just grabbing onto the edges of these rafts, the sort of the flotillas that are the sort of makeshift rafts that were constructed for the hundreds of people. And they're just sitting there holding on, just watching their life burn in front of their eyes as the Vingard River slowly drifts away. And now finally you're seeing the clouds parting. You're seeing the final light of the evening shining down of the moons, the solenary's silver light is cascading across the lake, uh, you know, making this really uh, almost flame-like liquid water view uh, with uh, um, Lunatary also casting its red glow, the moon on the, the surface of this water, all juxtaposed against the flames. They're sort of dancing this sort of light, almost like fairy fire on, uh, on the surface of the water. And from just moments ago of that massive terror, the adrenaline is still flooding through you, even though you know at this point you are safe floating down the river toward Calaman. There is nothing good about what just transpired. Your companions failed in their attempt to get all of the evacuees. You notice there are so many missing civilians. You did your best to rescue the people that you could, but you know it was not enough. None of you were prepared for the sheer massive military might of this dragon army that devastated this tiny village of Vogler. And if this is any indication of what is to come, the days ahead are going to be long and filled with despair. And no one 
feels any semblance of safety and security. And the night wears on as you float in silence. And that is where we're going to leave it. So we'll pick up next time with everyone else. <laughs> the best <laughs> of scenarios, which is just devastating. So just for the sake of everyone to see, we were approximately right here on the north side of the Vingard River. Now everyone is floating down in the Vingard River down to Calaman, which is right about there. And that is where we're going to pick up next time. So Gabriel, thank you so much for spending time with me and uh, filling out this uh, adventure part. Remember that you have that box for Derek to give to him when we pick up next game. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I think you did a great job in getting your boar, your animal companion now. And uh, it was an interesting way for you to sort of meet up with him in that chaos of the forest and stuff. So what did you think about the adventure? It the session it went chaotic it was chaotic. <laughs> it got crazy quick it and was chaotic here's the best part that is as good as it gets from here on out it is pure madness and chaos so oh my. be prepared for uh, massive craziness um thank you again i want to thank everyone who's going to watch this after the fact we did not stream this live but for you uh, watching this after the fact, what did you think of this particular adventure, this little one-off to catch up uh, uh, Finn with the rest of the heroes and to sort of explain what he was doing while everyone was doing uh, everything else with the Warriors of Kryn board game? Let us know in the comments below. We really appreciate your time and attention and you just spending a little bit of uh, your evening or afternoon with us watching this. Uh, but that is going to do it for this Invasion of Vogler episode of our Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen adventure. Uh, I would like to thank Gabriel again for joining me and making this an entertaining session. Uh, let us know in the comments what you guys thought. You can also always email me at info at dlsaga.com. I'd like to take a moment and remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel, click the like button, and share the video if it's something that interests you. Uh, all that goes to help other Dragonlance fans learn about this channel and its content. This channel is all about celebrating the wonderful world of the Dragonlance saga. Thank you so much for joining in that celebration. One more time, my name's Adam with Dragonlance Saga, and until next time, Slanjavar.